The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As a church, as a people, our vision is to be filled with the life of Christ Jesus, released into our destinies and taking the world for him. Our vision is, is, is not so much about building a huge edifice. Oh yes, the edifice will be a tool for ministry. Our vision is to be filled with the life of Christ Jesus and released into our destinies, taking the world for him. So everybody, what's our vision? To be and again, our vision is to and one more time while it's on the screen. Our vision is Take it away from the screen. Our vision is I knew you guys were smart. Come on. (laughs) Okay. Now, amazingly, we believe that the church, when the church is functioning well, we believe that the church is the hope of the world. We believe that When the church of Jesus is functioning well, functioning well. Oh, when the church is not functioning well, it can be horrible. But when the church is functioning well, we believe that the church is the hope of the world. There is no institution that does the work that is as important as the work that the church does. There's no entity on earth that does the work that is as important than the work that the church does. None. So the church is the most important entity on the face of the earth. And if the church is the most important entity on the face of the earth, as everyone sees it, then the church requires the best of us. The church requires the best of us. The church requires the best of us. Praise the name of the Lord. I remember some years ago, I mean, about seven years ago, when I felt I'd stopped my business at that time because of the phase I was in. And I had a friend that came in and, 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 and saw, I mean, I was just doing some work for fun. I mean, I was writing software. I mean, I had an idea. I was just writing software. I wasn't doing any business. I was obeying God, okay? And my friend came and, and said to me, that, like, come on, I can get you a six-figure job in the UK. You, in fact, you can work from home. You can be, since you are crazy about this ministry thing, you can be in Lagos and, you know, and be doing work. You know, and I smiled. And I'm like, I am doing this not because I have no options. 
I'm doing this because the God of heaven has called me to do it. He says, he was trying to say to me, you are too good for this. I said, no, this is too good for me. He was trying to say to me, in fact, I have a friend, I mean, let me not, you know, anyway, he recently said to me that he's confident that the, 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 the industry in Nigeria and the sector I am in is really, um, um, is, what's his word? It's like, like they are missing out because I am not actively in the industry. I said, no, I will be missing out if I'm not actively. You know, God, and now I'm not saying everybody's going to, be, going to do what I'm doing. No, but in the, in, in the places God has put you in, you must understand that you are representing him and representing his kingdom. And his kingdom is the most important entity on earth. Praise the name of the Lord. And as a church, we, we explain that we value 12 things, a lot of things, but we articulated 12 things as a church, that we value these 12 things. And those of us with us, we encourage you to do the journey. I mean, this we broke it down the journey. I'm going to breeze through them now. The 12 things we value as a church so that we can inculcate it into our lives and we'll be amazed at what God will do. The first thing we value as a church and, and everyone that is a leader in this place must understand this and inculcate this. Even in your businesses, in, in, in politics, some people are local government chairmen. I know that. In whatever, God will transform your life and increase your influence in Jesus' name. Number one, we value a servant spirit. In God's favorite house, we value a servant spirit. In 2 Corinthians 4, 5, 2 Corinthians 4, 5, the word of God says in 2 Corinthians 4, 5, that our message is not about ourselves. Our message is not about ourselves. It is about Jesus Christ. Everybody say Jesus Christ. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus Christ as the Lord. We are your servants for his sake. So the highest calling of every Christian is to be what? Is to be a servant. The highest calling of every Christian is to be a servant. So in, in God's very house, we value a servant Spirit. Everyone say a servant spirit. So in, in God's favorite, I'm sure in God's kingdom, Jesus was speaking to his disciples and says that he that wants to be first amongst you will be what? And he that wants to be the leader amongst you should. So Jesus turned it upside down. So we value a servant spirit. Secondly, a culture of core values, we value diversity. Everybody say diversity. We value diversity. If you read 2 Corinthians 12, it talks about the church being a body and, and being diverse. We value diversity. If you look at us, some of us are dressing native. Some of us are wearing ties. Some of us are not wearing ties. In fact, some of them, we don't even know what they are wearing, whether it's native or something. 
they mix it up, you know, in some strange way. You know, who cares? God loves the color. God loves the diversity. We are not all supposed to be stereotypes looking like the same person. No, God loves our diversity. So we build on strengths so that our weaknesses become irrelevant. We build on our strengths so that our weaknesses become irrelevant. Number three, number one, we value. Number two, we value diversity. Number three, we value authenticity. We value authenticity. We value authenticity. We, we value originals. We value, we don't appreciate fake people. Just come as you are. Yes, you are broken. Come. Yes, you don't have it together. But just come. Just be sincere. Just come. Jesus, we explained, Jesus could stand prostitutes. Jesus could stand tax collectors. In other words, in our own times, Jesus could stand nines. Jesus could, 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 could stand adulterers, adulteresses. Jesus could stand murderers. Even on the cross of Calvary, he could stand a thief. But Jesus could not stand only one set of sinners. Hypocrites. There's only one group of people Jesus could not stand. Hypocrites. That's the only group of people Jesus curses. So we value authenticity. We value authenticity. Integrity is the highest value in ministry. In fact, in ministry, if you lose integrity, you've lost it all. Integrity is the highest value in ministry. It's the highest value in ministry. You know, we'll give the example. If you have, a, um, let's say, a, a surgeon, maybe a family member needs surgery, and this surgeon is the best in the world, and his success rate is 99.9%. And the, 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 the illness is life-threatening, but this surgeon, once you have him, and the surgeon comes, and you're standing beside the loved ones, and of course you'll be happy because, I mean, this is the best guy in the world, and God has led you to him. And, and the surgeon says to you, and, and, and begins to cry and begins to say that they cannot perform the surgery because he says to you, you're a Christian, please, I cannot perform the surgery because I just committed adultery yesterday, so I cannot. What will you say to the judge? Oh God, please, put yourself together. I'll do the surgery. We'll talk about this after the surgery. Is that okay? Is, is that okay, surgeon? Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll be interceding for you in this room. But do this. Do the surgery in Jesus' name. If someone wants to lay hands on you and anoint you and says to you, I've just committed adultery yesterday, let me impart the spirit to you. What would you do? You run for your life. What's the difference? What's the difference? In one profession, if you will, Integrity is good, but it's not the highest call. But in ministry, it's the highest call. It's the highest call. Second Corinthians 1, 
12, Living Bible, the Word of God says that we are so glad that we can say with utter honesty that in all our dealings, we have been pure and sincere, quietly depending on the Lord for his help and not on our own skills. And that is even more true, if possible, about the way we have acted towards you. We value authenticity. Number four, we value informality. I would say informality. So number one, we value a servant spirit. Number two, we value diversity. Number three, we value authenticity. Number four, we value informality. We value informality. That's why we don't require people to always dress formal to church. When people saw me this morning, they were like, almost everybody did look at me once. People that were just giving me a pastor, how are you doing? Get out. You know, I'll move on. <laughs> when they saw me today, they said, Pastor. <laughs> They're like, so this guy has a bow tie. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Because he's typically wearing jeans and, you know, in church. Someone says, I have a problem with you wearing jeans. But I, but I like the anointing. <laughs> I say, well, you have to take the two together. <laughs> you have to take the package together. We value informality. First Peter 3, 8 says, you should be like one big happy family. Everybody say, one big happy family. Full of sympathy towards each other, loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. God wants us to be one big, happy family. There's something about a big, happy family, and that is informality. Have you had a family reunion? And people are saying, uh, Mr. Chigose, what was that? They will call you by say, ah, what's going on? They'll call you by your by your name. And you know, there's there's, there's no there are no heirs. Nobody is posing for anybody. Why? Because we knew you when you were drinking uh, pap. You were not taking infamil. Pap. And God says that's how he wants the church to be. One big happy. Everyone say one big happy family. One big happy family. The Bible says full of sympathy towards each other. We have to care one for another. You can't be in church and you are, be, you are going through a difficult time and nobody knows. Let us know. Let your life group leader know. If you are not in the life group, something is wrong with that. Let your department leader know. You can't be in church and you are going through such a difficult time and nobody knows. We are one big happy family. Everybody say one big happy family. So to us, it is more important for you to be personal than for you to be professional. 
when you walk into church office or the church office, it is more important for us, of course we work professionally, but when we are dealing with people, it is more important for us to deal with you personally than to deal with you professionally, to see you as a statistic or to see you as a figure or to see you as a name in the database. It is more important for us to be personal than to be professional. So number one, we value. Number two, we value diversity. Number three. Number four. Number five. Simplicity. People are checking their notes. <laughs> we value simplicity. We value simplicity. Proverbs 13, 7. Proverbs 37 says, A pretentious, showy life is an empty life. A plain, simple life is a full life. We value simplicity. We want people to be simple. We want people to, to you know, just be yourself. I remember a couple saying to me one day that when they first came to, to church, and they, and they, you know, some people, when they come to church, they size everything up. The size of the ushers, the size of the cars. And when they sit down, the size of the pastor. And, and they were saying to me that, they looked at me and they were like, huh. And I began to speak and, and they were like, okay, okay, okay. And... The message was so simple. And they were like, how can the message be so simple? That was their, they were upset. How can the message be so simple? It didn't bamboozle us. No razzmatazz. But you see, as God will have it, in that service, God gave us a word of knowledge. And the guy has not been able to eat a particular food for decades. And God said that, I think it was a common food. I can't remember the food now. Maybe rice or something. Imagine not be able to eat rice for a long time. Everybody's eating rice, you know. And we gave the word of knowledge simply. We did not say. Bruh, 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 bruh. Bruh. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. <laughs> we just said the word. Well, probably not casually, but I mean, and we went on. From that day, they got home. The guy has been eating rice, if it was rice, till today. Now, if you're not excited about that, I don't know what will get you excited. I mean, that is just God. So they were like, okay. Even though we have more rev than him. Yeah, right. You know, Christians, we, 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 we major on minors. You are shouting, you are sweating, you are jumping. You are, but is there healing? Are people being saved? Are lives being transformed? Is the name of Jesus being glorified? I will wear my jeans, church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay. Number six, we value flexibility. Everyone say flexibility. 
Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. If you are brittle in God's favorite house, you are going to be broken. Why? Because we move very, very fast. We move very fast. We are totally flexible. We, change, we can change anything. The only thing we cannot change is Jesus. Every other thing we can change. Every other thing. For the purpose of God, we can change it. So you have to be flexible. Matthew 9, 17 talks about men don't put new wine in old skin. They put new wine in new skin. So that when it's expanding, there's flexibility. Number seven, we value teamwork. We value teamwork. Two people are better than one. The word of God says, two are better than one. So we don't encourage silos. We don't encourage ministry silos. We value collective effort because none of us is as strong as all of us. No matter how anointed you are, you are not as anointed as all of us together. Praise the name of the Lord. So none of us is as anointed as all of us. So when we pull together, we achieve a whole lot more. Number eight, we value continuous learning. We value continuous learning. Proverbs 18, 15 says, The art of the wise, of the discerning, acquires knowledge, and the ears of the wise seek it out. All leaders are learners. The moment you stop learning, they say, you stop leading. Number nine. I'm not moving really fast. It's okay. Just stay with me. Number nine. We value innovation. We value innovation. We value innovation. We encourage people to innovate. We encourage people. I mean, things you see, innovation happens everywhere in God's favorite house. Everywhere. In the choir, in, even the prayer people are innovative. Oh, CMM, of course. They're hyper-innovative. <laughs> SCT, the junior church, I mean, were you here last Sunday? Was junior church not totally innovative? You know, the guys that are parking the car, totally innovative. The security people, you don't know they are here, but if you want to steal their phone, they will catch you. Totally innovative. Everyone. So we value innovation. We value innovation. Number 10. So number one, we value a servant spirit. Give it to me quickly. Number two, we value. Number three, we value. Number four, we value. Informality. Number five, we value. Simplicity. Number six, we value. Flexibility. Number seven, we value. Teamwork. Number eight, we value. Continuous learning. Number nine, we value. Innovation. Number ten, we value humor. We like to laugh. We love to laugh. Have you noticed? The Bible tells us to relax. We love to laugh. I remember I was preaching somewhere in the north. I mean, back in the day when I was with um, Pastor Sam Sam. And I was preaching and 
I was, of course, laughing because it's difficult for me to preach and laugh because I bring good news. The gospel is good news. And good news makes you laugh. You know, and at the end of, this, of, the, of, the, of the teaching, a man walks up to me, stern-looking man. He says, young man, I can see you have a, a, a few knowledge of the word or something like that. You did well today. I said, thank you, sir. He says, but how can you be preaching the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ with levity? You're laughing. And I was almost laughing. <laughs> how can you be laughing when you're preaching the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? And in my mind, I thought it's gospel. I thought it's good news. In fact, maturity is the ability to laugh at yourself. You are not mature if you can laugh at yourself. You are immature. If you can look at yourself and, and your mistakes and just laugh. That's, ah, let me start it again. You know, we take God seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. We take our God seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. In fact, humility, there's a formula for humility. Humility equals humus plus humor. Humor, in fact, the word humor and humility is gotten from the root word humus, which is what? Soil. Which is what everybody matches on. So if you are too cocky to even laugh at yourself, there you go. We value humor. Number 11, quickly. We value commitment. Nothing can be achieved for the kingdom. In fact, for in anywhere, in any organization without commitment. Nothing. So we, we are committed to our God. We are committed to ourselves. We are committed to our church. Think about it. The organization you work for cannot make progress if you are not committed to it. In fact, if they see that you are not committed, they will fire you. We value commitment. And the last value, before we move into the next thing, is we value risk-taking. Number 12, we value risk-taking. Mark 10 27. Mark 10, 27. The word of God says in Mark 10, 27, Jesus looked at them and said, man with man, this is impossible, but not with God. Why? All things are possible with God. All things. I don't know what you are facing this morning that can look, might look impossible. But you see, I want to say to you, all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. So what you're facing that looks intimidating, I have news for you today. It is possible. It is possible. Our only goal is to please God in God's favorite house. Then we really don't care much about ourselves. We are not interested in that. We are not about our own success. We are not about our own reputation, our comfort, our pleasure. What we care about is the glory of Jesus. Will this thing bring glory to Jesus? Yes. We go for it. 
stay, pastor. What if it fails? Well, so what? We go for another one. <laughs> if you worry too much about yourself, you will not take bold steps for God. Praise the Lord. So we have a code in God's favorite house called NSD. You know what NSD means? No small dreams. Everybody say, no small dreams. Please look at your neighbor and tell them NSD. No small dreams. No small dreams. So Jesus did not call us to play games. Jesus called us to make a difference. Jesus did not call us to play church. Jesus called us to change lives. And, you know, in my, in my life, you know, I'm, I've made some resolution, particularly as far as ministry is concerned. In fact, I call them my 10 ministry resolutions. I'm going to share eight of them with you today. Just eight. I do. The last two, I cannot share publicly. I'm sorry. I can only share with some very few special people. Now, don't call me and say, Pastor, you should be out special. Tell me that. No, 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 no. That would not be fair. <laughs> but I share it with you quickly and we are done. <clears throat> I'm letting you into my heart. And many of us, we need to adopt a lot of these resolutions to help our lives, our businesses, our careers. Number one, I am determined that I will really know God and serve him. You know, you can be in church. You can preach sermons and not really know God. You can be telling people about God and not know God. You know that's very possible. One of the things I've made up my mind, I did, I'm determined, I, I, I'm resolute about, is that I will really know God and serve him. And shockingly, God is not as, well, what I've discovered is that the reality of who Jesus is, is not what I have pictured him to be in a lot of cases. So I have been, my mind has been disabused, if you will, a lot of the time. Because I'm determined to know God myself and to serve God with this one life that I have. Question, will you know God for yourself? Will you serve God for yourself? That's one thing you can never delegate. No matter how much your husband loves you, your husband cannot know God for you. No matter how much your wife loves you, your wife cannot know God for you. You have to know God by yourself. No matter how your father loves you, your father cannot know God for you. No matter how your mother loves you. My mom is here this morning. No matter how your mom loves you. I mean, she really loves me. I mean, she's a pastor. 
I mean, she's left our church to come here to celebrate with us. Oh, fantastic. I love. <laughs> okay. She's a zona pastor. That's a big title. <laughs> no matter how your mother loves you, your mother cannot know God for you. She can't serve God for you. You have to know God yourself. I determined to know God myself. I determined to serve God myself. Number two, I determined to be a man of spiritual and moral integrity. You know, I talked about that earlier, but it's so important. You know, because you can, in this work, and it's shocking a lot of people these days, that the fact that you're a pastor does not mean you're a person of integrity. I mean, people are discovering that and they're like shocked. They're like, how? But wake up. That's the real world. Not everybody's committed to integrity. Number three, I am determined to love and serve people. I am determined to love and serve people. That may sound interesting because I know some people, you know, it's, it's a strange thing to be a pastor and not love people. I'm determined to love and serve people. Number four, I'm determined to go beyond what I have been taught and what I have experienced to new levels in God. I thank God for my pastors, people that have pastored me and and have led me. My very first pastor, if I we use that term, was my grandmother, if you will. Then, of course, my mother. Then, Pastor Dukwe Motosha, you saw him in the video. Then, Pastor Sam Sam, sitting here. Then I had the honor of being pastored by Pastor Esco. I'm grateful for the privilege of standing on the shoulders of these great, great men of God. Standing on their shoulders and seeing what I could never have seen if I was, if they didn't put me on their shoulders. (laughs) But I am determined to go beyond what they have taught me. I'm determined to go beyond what I have experienced. I'm determined to press further. Are you determined to press further in God? Number five, I am determined to strive for the best that I can possibly be. I am determined to compete with myself. Now, I need to explain a few things to you so that you understand what I mean by this. I'm a very competitive person naturally. In fact, all my siblings, all of us, we are very competitive. Very competitive. We compete on everything. Who's going to brush their teeth first? Go. We compete on who's going to finish his bowl of ebba first. Go. We compete on everything we used to. 
and growing up. <laughs> One of the lessons I learned in making this resolution is even while I'm driving, I find out that subconsciously I'm competing. Now, don't look at me like that. <laughs> if I'm giving you a hard shoulder, I apologize. And we used to stay in Ketu, and you are coming from Bagana and towards the toll gate. You know, where we used to stay, we would turn in, right? And not go straight to Ibadan. So I've been competing with this guy on the road. I was coming from Unilag. I was driving my. Um, the car I inherited from my mom. <laughs> my heritage brother inherited that car. Then his brother, you know what, then I entered that car. You know, it was just coming down the family tree. And that car wasn't fast, but I was willing to. And the guy also was speeding. We didn't know each other from anywhere. But I just determined this guy is not going to beat me. I need to look at me and say, this guy is not going to beat me. Now, I got to where I was supposed to turn. And go home, JJ. And the guy was going to bother. I said, I'll follow him. <laughs> that may sound very stupid and foolish to you. It's one of the lessons of my life that made me realize that you cannot run another person's race. The person you are competing with is going somewhere else. Hallelujah. So I said, I will compete with myself. I will run my race. I will be better than I was yesterday. I'll be more anointed than I was at the last God we doing in service. I'm competing with myself. Okay, then, then, I, you know, because I have to compete with someone. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Number six. Ah, I think we'll stop at six. Okay, I said it. Okay, sorry. I am determined to treat God's church as God's church, as God's business. You see, it is easy to, because we are passionate about God's church about the ministry to carry God's church as if it's our own church. You will kill yourself. Jesus says, I will build my church. So we, we are going through so much as a church. I go to sleep. Why am I able to sleep? Simple. The owner of the church is awake. He doesn't slumber and not sleep. So let him attend to the issues. I treat God's church as God's church. I treat God's church as it is his church. He just called me to work with him. And guess what? Every pastor is an interim pastor. Is the truth? If there was a pastor that lived up to 100 and 
20. How old was he, the man? Pastor Silas. 20. It was 140. Whoa, 114. After 114, go. If I live, I pray, I live very long in Jesus' name. Say amen now, come on. Then one day, I will have to go. So I'm an interim pastor. Then I will hand over to somebody, maybe your son. Maybe one of the teenagers is in there. I don't know. I don't know. But God knows. So, I'd better treat this church as God's church. So that I don't kill myself. Why? Because ministry can be messy. Oh, yes. Number seven. I am determined to cross denominational boundaries and build bridges with other pastors. I'm determined to make friends with pastors that don't have my background. I have pastors that are my friends. They don't believe in speaking in tongues. But they believe in Jesus. We are fine. We are cool. I have friends that are pastors. They're in the Anglican church. Praise God. We are friends. I have friends that are pastors that are Baptists. Praise God. Some people, if you are not from our... uh, then we are the ones that we are the ones that have the oracles of God. A big liar. Jesus came and died for the church. Capital SRC Church. Number eight, finally. I am determined to reach out and serve the entire community. The entire community, I mean Christians, Muslims, pagans. It doesn't matter. We are called to serve people. We went to Riverine community around us, 10 minutes on boat from um, Badori, take a boat. And, and, and we got there, and the, the leader, one of the leaders of the community, he was so happy to have us and all that stuff. But he kept saying, oh, he's a Muslim. And I said to him, it doesn't matter. And, you know, I said, so, so we're still going to do the things we said we want to do for the community. I said, of course. He goes, he's a Muslim. I said, it does not matter. And we went to his house, and we prayed. And he bowed his head. And he, we prayed in the name of Jesus. And he said, amen. That's the start, isn't it? Praise the name of the Lord. Because many times the church has said, when you become like us, then you can be a part of us. But that's not what Jesus said. In fact, Jesus says, I will become like you so that you can be a part of me. Jesus reached out to us even while we were far from God. So while we are in church, it is okay not to be okay. All of us are not okay. I want to tell you that it is okay not to be okay. But it is not okay to remain that way. It is okay not to be okay. But it is not okay to stay that way. So you must look up to Jesus to heal you, to help you. And he will in the mighty name of Jesus. God's favorite house is built on the words of Jesus. It's built 
on the promises of Jesus. It's built on the fact that Jesus has promised. And many times, when we're growing up, when somebody promises you something, you know that the promise is only as good as the person making the promise, don't you? Everybody has a funny family member that doesn't have money, has a big mouth. Think about that person. The family member doesn't have money, has a big mouth. You can't think of anybody. Maybe you are the one. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I am joking. Laugh, take a joke now. We said that we have, uh, have one of our values is the word. <laughs> and the person calls you up and says to you, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to give you a new house. I'm going to give you a new car. I'm going to pay all your children's school fees. What would you do? <laughs> you say, okay. Auntie, thank you. They're usually aunties. Thank you, auntie. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Some are uncles. Okay, okay. Some are cousins. Okay, okay. But, I mean, I can't really think of aunties. <laughs> okay, auntie, I've heard you. Then what happens? You ignore it, right? And you continue with your life. But if the richest man on earth, Bill Gates, richest man on earth, is the 37th richest country. You know what that means? He's richer than over 100 countries. Personal wealth. If he calls you and says, I'm going to buy you a house, I'm going to buy you two cars, I'm going to pay all your children's school fees, what will you do? Hallelujah for the Lord God. Of the portrait, hallelujah! You will sing, you will dance, you will rejoice. In fact, you will come to church and give a testimony, even though you have not seen the house that he has built. But because he has said he will build, you know him. He has word. And it's the same thing when Jesus said, "I will." Build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What should I do as a pastor? When Jesus has said, I will build my church, what should I do? What should I do? The weight of a promise is backed up by the weight of the person making the promise. I rejoice. I dance. I give testimonies. I speak. And God's favorite house is built on the promises of Jesus. It's built on the promises of Jesus. Not on the promises of any man, but on the promises of Jesus. Is that reliable? Is that dependable? Can we count on it? Let's bow down our hearts. Let's bow down our heads. And I want you to talk to God. I don't know what promise that you are looking up to God for. Talk to God about it. For some of you, you are here and the issue is that you, you, you don't even have a connection with this God. You cannot face your future. You are afraid of tomorrow. You are like, I don't know what tomorrow holds. 
I don't know what tomorrow. I'm, I'm scared. I, have no, I, I, I don't know. I want you to be sure of your future this morning, this afternoon. I want to be sure. You don't have a relationship with God. Or you used to be born again. You're backsliding. You've gone back to the world. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to be sure of God. I want to come back to God. I want to start afresh with God. I want to connect to God. I want to hinge my life on the promises of Jesus. Pray with me, Pastor. You don't need to come forward. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly. God bless you, sir. Over there. God bless you. Over there. God bless you. Another hand over there. God bless you, my sister. Over here. God bless you. Over there. God bless you. Over there. God bless you, my brother. Keep the hands up. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. They're going to stupid card in your hand. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you. That is me, Pastor. God bless you at the back. Right there. At the middle. God bless you, sir. God bless you. I can see your hand, my sister. Keep the hands up until you get a card. God bless you. Once you have the card, God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. Over there. Once you have the card, you can pull down your hand. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand for now and, and cry to God. God, have mercy upon me. Cleanse me. Accept me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. I hate my future on you, Jesus. I hate my future on you. Spend, spend a moment and, and just talk to God. I can face tomorrow. I can face tomorrow. surrender to God. Father, we pray for everyone that is connecting with you right now. As, as they lift up their hands, we ask that you reconnect those that were connected before and connect anew those that are making a fresh connection in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your promises, the weight of your promises, let it burst forth in this life and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. Jesus' unfailing name, we are praying. Amen. Amen.